This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB on TuneIn Live, the podcast. Play ball! Presented by eSurance, official sponsor of Major League Baseball. eSurance, insurance for the modern world. We're giving you the best content from each episode of MLB on TuneIn Live. MLB on TuneIn Live airs weekdays from 7 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time on TuneIn. Broadcasting live from Arizona in the Cactus League. Play ball! This is MLB on TuneIn Live Spring Training Tour. Presented by eSurance, official sponsor of Major League Baseball. Now, here are your hosts, Holden Kushner, J.P. Arancibia, and Ned Coletti. Special edition of MLB on TuneIn Live, live from Goodyear Ballpark, Goodyear, Arizona, where the Indians and Dodgers were playing today. Just had a tremendous day with the Cleveland Indians. And thanks to eSurance for sending us out here to the Cactus League. Proud partners of Major League Baseball and MLB on TuneIn Live. But, man, this is a great clubhouse. You, know, you go into some clubhouses, there's two or three guys walking around. Nobody's talking to each other. You go into the Cleveland clubhouse, uh, JP, I mean, it was just a big party in there. Everybody's hanging out with everybody else. It was good to see. It was a lot of fun. It was You walked in there, there was guys playing cards. There was a lot of back and forth bickering. And to me, that shows a team that's close, a team that's calm and, and uh, collective. Uh, collected, and uh, I, I think that they are obviously sitting in, in the right uh, position going into spring, coming off the heels of a, of a World Series uh, appearance, and, and they're very uh, confident right now. Does it matter, Ned, and I know you're a guy that said you didn't go into clubhouse, that's where the players are, but did it matter to you if guys were hanging out together or not? Oh, no, it certainly it certainly matters, and I didn't say I didn't go in there. I went in there when I needed to be in there. Right, I didn't you didn't go, go in there and hang out, you know? Right. Uh, one other thing about the, this morning, too, uh, it's like JP was an Indian. He went in there and it was like a hero's yeah. welcome. I thought, man, this guy must have really played well for them. I didn't yeah. even know he didn't play for them. Yeah, these but were- everybody was coming up to JP. Yeah. It was pretty cool, man. I'm telling you. You must have either made a lot of outs to help them out, or you were really a, a, maybe a tribe that's, guy. At that's some what point. I was gonna say. I was I was a auto automatic out. For no, them. you weren't. No, I had, you weren't. I hit a. Uh, you know, thankfully, I, I've played with a lot of guys in that team um, throughout the throughout the time. Edwin being a yep. teammate, Jan, there's a lot of guys for whatever reason have ended up in Cleveland, but uh, it just shows to me, what that shows is how great of a, a group of guys they have. When, when somebody walks in a clubhouse who is uh, not a familiar foe as far as in that, that nucleus, and they extend themselves, that shows me what kind of guys they have in that clubhouse. Yep, and it was uh, great to be around the Indians. I, a- anytime they want to invite us to hang out with them, I'm more than happy to do so. Also, kudos to their PR people. Because they really helped us out a lot today. They, they did a great job for Bart us. Swain. Yep. Bart Swain. Bart is the best uh, Bart in the Bart did business. tremendous. Yeah, he did. And we got Terry Francona. You'll hear our interview with him. Chris Antonetti, who's the president of baseball operations. We also have an interview with Edwin Encarnacion in English, which almost never happens. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the, the, the translator came quick, and he, he waved her off, which was a big thing. Uh, that was the translator. I thought it was someone else just trying to, it, that oh, was the translator. Translator, yeah. Over. She came over and said, do you need a little help? And he said, uh, I'll, I'll be do good. It. Yeah. I'll do it. I told him he had to do it in English. And he did it in yeah. English. 
Impressive. Yeah, it was it actually was a really impressive job by him getting that done, but we'll hear from Edwin later on in the show. That clubhouse culture, like we talked about the Dodgers yesterday with Dave Roberts, it starts with Terry Francona. He sets the tone. That team has been on the verge of being really good. Last year was tremendous. You start with the manager when you got a group like that. Yeah, and we'll hear from him probably in about uh, 25, 30 minutes from right now. But you, know, you go back two years ago, they didn't make the playoffs. They go, You go back before that, there was all these expectations because they had a great year. So you wonder if they take a step back or if this team continues to move forward and maybe you know wins that Game 7 in the World Series this time. Just a broad overview of this team. I love them. Um, I still think the Cubs are the favorites to win it all. But as far as the American League, I only see one or two other teams on paper that can compete with them. There's going to be a lot of moves during the season. Things will happen. But uh, with the way this team is built, when Kipnis gets back, if Brantley stays healthy, and those three starting pitchers, I mean, the fact of the matter is this team without Danny Salazar, who I think is their filthiest guy, and Carlos Carrasco, legitimate 2A two and 2B. Two, two two These guys are right there. All-star caliber pitchers, they were gone for a lot of the season. They weren't there for the playoffs. And the fact of the matter is they got to Game 7 World Series with Kluber and a great bullpen and a spectacular offense. Everybody's back, too. You look at this lineup. You look at uh, all, these, all these guys are back in the same team. And then you add Edwin, which was huge. Now you got a Brantley, who's possibly going to be back. And I know you lose Kipnis for a little bit, but... You know, they're, they're fielding the same exact team that went to Game 7, and then they just added a guy who's going to drive in over 100, and you can pencil him in for that as well. It's a very good team, and your point's well taken. When you, when you get to the World Series, that's a great year. When you get there without your number two, two of your twos, that's phenomenal. And, when you, and probably your best player in Brantley went healthy. Yep. That's remarkable. And if they get everybody back and they, they don't have that little bit of a drag that happens after you play an extra month, and after all those pitchers, because I, I saw most of that series up, up close, and by the time you got to Game 7, there was a lot of tired arms out there. It's just natural. How they rebound after pitching for an extra month uh, will be something that I will, I'll keep an eye on. Well, we're concerned about Kipnis. We'll talk with Terry Francona about him. But we mentioned Encarnacion. There's also another guy they may get back that they didn't have last year, and that's Michael Brantley. Brantley had a couple hits today, and we went downstairs. We caught up with Michael uh, in a little media scrum, and here's what he had to say about getting out on the field for the first time in spring training. Uh, it's great. Uh, this is what you do all the rehab for and, you know, stick to the process is to get back out there with your teammates, and uh, I was able to do that today, and hopefully I'll continue to do that down the road. Uh, I just had more time. I had more time to, you know, rehab, build strength, and, you know, try to get back on my feet. Uh, it's been a long process. Uh, it's another step in the process, but uh, another good one. It's great. Um, like you said, you know, that was probably the biggest question last year, just playing back-to-back in multiple games. And I've been able to accomplish that down in the minor leagues, and hopefully I'll be able to accomplish that in the major league level soon. But uh, it's one day at a time, and everything's going well. How does your swing actually feel? That's okay. I mean, I'm always pressing to be better. I mean, I know that for sure. Um, you know, I was able to get the barrels to the ball, you know, on one swing. So, you know, I'll take it as a good day today. Two hits. And- yeah, I appreciate it. It's not bad. Um, but, you know, it's just good to be out there running the bases, you know, using the instincts and uh, being out there with my teammates is the most important thing to me. So, I'm going to keep working. What did you say that? I said I got to take charge. It's my ball. It's my responsibility to cover that outfield. And uh, we'll, we'll communicate better next time. But it's my ball. No. Nah. Uh, hitting hitting's hard. Uh, I just try to make it as simple as possible. I'm um, getting the barrel to the ball consistently. The more pitches you see, the more at-bats you're gonna, that I get, uh, hopefully the better off it turns out. 
Do you know what the schedule is? One day at a time. Well, I'm going to go talk to James Quinlan tonight and then tomorrow morning, and we'll make a decision from there. But it's one day at a time. I was fortunate and uh, blessed enough to be out there with my teammates today, and that's what's most important to me right now. I only got to see a couple down in the minor leagues, but just any of that bat you get, you know, in spring training in general. But, you know, facing the lefty kind of, that's almost game-like, you know, coming up and they bring in a lefty for you. Uh, just, you know, trying to find a scouting report, sticking to a plan, and trying to get on base for your team. Personality-wise, no. I mean, maybe I'm a little more mature, I hope, that I learned something. But uh, I just try to have fun. I try to enjoy the moment. Um, you know, it's, it's a team game. It's a fun game. We have a great group of guys that I love playing with, and Hopefully, I'll continue to play with for a long time. Baseball is a fun game. Any chance I get up to go out there, I mean, I'm going to enjoy it. You might always see it on my face, but inside, I love playing this game. Uh, I never take for granted that I get to put on a major league uniform. He's there every day. He's a a great fan. Uh, He supports us. We support him. Uh, He's loud, but uh, he's there every day. Not at all. I'm one day at a time. Uh, I want to wake up tomorrow, feel great. Uh, come in here, do my rehab, you know, work out, and just get back on my feet, and we'll go from there. Uh, we'll make a decision at the end of camp of where I'm going to be, but uh, it's one day at a time. All right, so he ended with a cliche there, but this is one of those instances where the cliche actually fits. It's literally one day at a time for this guy because he's coming off of two soldier surgeries. He's tried to get out there before. It hasn't been working. Last year was a lost year. He played in 11 games. He was never right. But go back to 2014 and 2015 where he was just knocking the crap out of the ball. 45 doubles back-to-back years. 35 home runs combined in those two years. The OPS and the OPS Plus were off the charts. This guy steals bases as well. And if you remember, by the time the playoffs came around, nobody was talking about him. That's, a, that's another humongous injury. Possibly their best position player last year was not even with this team. That's how impressive the year was. But Michael Brantley, he's a heck of a talent. Tremendous player. It's um, interesting to see it because he's, he's had long layoff, how he comes back. Also, I think it's really important that uh, that he's honest, uh, and I know he's an honest man. That he does, he tells people if he is hurting, because tomorrow he's going to feel different than he did today after playing. And as time goes on, we'll see how how well the uh, the surgeries hold up. The biggest stat to me that stands out: 60 walks, 51 strikeouts. Only the best do that. Where where in baseball are you seeing now, guys, that walk more than they strike out? And for me, as a guy who played against him. I remember he was a guy, every time up, fouling balls off, fouling balls off, taking counts of 3-2. He was a guy that was a table setter, legitimately a table setter at the, in the middle and the top of the order, and a guy who wear, wore down pitching. These are the guys that wear down pitching. When you look at something like that as a catcher, and sometimes pitchers will tell you, the guys that they hate facing the most are the guys that are going to give them a good at-bat. Big power hitters, they'll swing and get out first on first pitch. They'll strike out. Guys like this continually battle you, battle you, battle you until all of a sudden now they're flipping the ball in the left field, driving the ball in the gap, and then once he's on base, the guy's starting to run. So this is a guy that does it all, and I promise you that pitchers do not like coming to pitch to him. I mean, you got Santana, Kipnis, banged up right now. Santana, Kipnis, Lindor, Encarnacion, Brantley. In any type of order in your top five. I mean, think about that. All of those guys do major damage. All those guys get on base. And then my guy, Jose Ramirez, somewhere in there, too. I mean, that's that. now you're talking about one through six, where that is an unstoppable lineup. Can I tell you, let's not forget, Jan Gomes, two years ago, was a silver slugger. Yep. He was a silver slugger award. So now, 
if he comes back to like he was, that adds another, almost like a brand new player behind the dish yeah. because you know what he can do behind the dish. He can handle the staff. He's a good defender. If he brings back what he did, even half of what he did as a silver slugger, then that even brings another dynamic because last year behind the dish, their, their offense was pretty anemic. But I believe that this is a guy who's going to be healthy this year, come back, and have a strong season. Well, I mean, first of all, great guy, guy you've known a long, long time. I had a chance to talk with him for a little bit today, but um, that, that's just another piece of the puzzle. But the injuries have really gotten to this franchise, and they overcame it last year. If it happens again, who knows if they could do that. To, to me, the most important thing is getting those three guys, those, those three pitchers with Kluber and Carrasco and Salazar. Oh, and Carrasco went out and threw today because he's been shut down with some elbow inflammation, and he said he felt good after that. So maybe Carrasco comes back. But it definitely bears watching with both Salazar and Carrasco. And injuries play a part in every team, but quite often it's the team that's the healthiest. That's the one standing at the end of the year. Look what the Cubs did last year, Ned. None of their starting pitchers had to miss significant time. None of them. And you look at the great success Atlanta had for all those years, too. Same story. They went sometimes with five or six starting pitches through 162 games. It's a key to their season. Um, they do have a great offense. Got a great manager. They play well. But their starting pitching is, is going to be a key piece, and they need to get those guys back, and they need to be able to really post all year long because this team now, the expectation for this team, it's more than winning the AL Central. It's how do you get to the Fall Classic again and win that. That's what, after you've been there like they were there within minutes, really, of winning the entire thing for the first time since 1948, they got to get back there. That's, that's their goal. One thing you have to tip your hat is to the staff of putting together depth for pitching. If you look down last year, what Merritt did, mm-hmm. that huge start that Merritt had. Ryan Merritt, the Ryan, left-hander. Ryan right? Merritt. Yeah. Then you go Mike Clevenger. Mm-hmm. Then you go Mormondo. These guys have three guys that can go out there and compete. So for me, it says if somebody goes down, at least they have somebody that can keep them in ball games. That's the biggest thing you want. Again, Ryan Merritt had a phenomenal game. He shut out the Blue Jays for quite a bit. But that's the biggest thing, too, is now are you, not only do you have good five, five good starters, a great staff, and a great bullpen, but if in any case anybody goes down, you have – some guys down there, not a lot of teams can say, hey, I have guys that right away we can bring up and that can make an impact to a pitching staff. Yeah, they just it really has come together quickly. And you bring Francona over, too. You know, they're great managers. But for me, he's the best manager in the game. I, I, I really, truly believe that. I, you, I get, One day I'll say Bochi. The next day I'm going to say this guy. I mean, th- those to me are interchangeable. Madden will be up there. Uh, there's some other guys that are up there. But... Terry Francona is just a he's a brilliant manager and after Philadelphia he was the worst manager in the world and when you hear our conversation with him he, he talked about his time there and how it's helped him now but he just uh, he commands a room so well and he's he's managed in the two toughest media markets oh, yeah. I think of the I think Boston and Philly are both worse than New York I agree to, to be those are just blood sucking media hordes and I've been a part of the one in Boston before so I can tell you they were for a long long time they were after that franchise a lot of the media members didn't ever want them to win in Boston they didn't want them to win they were going against that because the best narrative was what am I going to write about after they win and there's a couple guys I know in Chicago too but there was a lot of guys in Boston doing that and the fact of the matter is not only did they break the curse with him they went out and they won again this guy is special he's a Hall of Famer right now we, we talked about it a little bit when we were speaking to Terry that 
a manager second time around is pretty interesting to me. How much they learn the first time and how they transcend and get be, become better at what they do. And uh, we talked about Bochi. We talked about uh, Joe Torre, who had three managerial jobs before the Yankees. Sometimes people forget he managed the Mets. He managed Atlanta. He managed the Cardinals. He was about 100 games under 500 lifetime until he went to New York and then ran off 12 straight, including six World Series, four of which they won. Sometimes it's that second time. Belichick, been fired once or twice before as a head coach, turns it around with New England. I think what Terry Francona has done there is remarkable. And it's interesting they, that Mark Shapiro, who was in charge of the Indians when they hired Terry, and Chris Antonetti, they knew him and he knew them just enough to put something together. Because it wasn't like they had, he had played there or there was a great connection going back for years and years and years, so he was a logical choice. He was almost a little bit of a surprise choice when that happened. I think he absolutely was a surprise choice. Like Terry Francona goes from managing the Boston Red Sox to the Cleveland Indians, who had not really had much success, right? So he changes the culture in there. And, by the way, some guys came up at the right time. Like no Br- doubt, but you still got to manage them. All that stuff is timing, but in life, everything you learn from your failures. And all these guys experience as a young guy. I've always, I never understood experience and how big experience is, not only for players, not only in life, but obviously for managers. And you hear him talk about not forgetting how hard the game is. That was one thing that stuck out to me, is whenever I was done with the game, I was going to always remember how hard the game is. He, right away when I told him that, he says, that's exactly, that's, that's all it's about, is remembering how hard the game is and remembering these guys are human beings. No one's trying to go out there and fail. No one's trying to go out there and do bad. As a player, if I knew that the manager had my back just on that, I would have ran through a wall for him. And obviously that's what these guys have in the clubhouse. And you guys, I mean, especially you, Ned, you go a long way back with this guy. What, 25, 30 years? Yeah, 30 years. He was in Chicago, 1985 or 86, for maybe half a season. And uh, became friends then and remained friends since. Yeah, he, he really is special. And he's the type of guy you gravitate to as well. And it was good to see him back on the national stage. And for you... Uh, JP is a guy inside of the clubhouse. It's almost like he'll just let you, you know, you take care of your business. You're grown men. He's going to set a, a, a little, he's going to write a little circle there, and you guys do whatever you need to inside of that bubble. Biggest thing is honesty. When he says, I want to be honest with the guys, they may not like it. They'll get over it in a few days. But to be honest with somebody, you're going to get somebody's respect. And so all these guys know exactly what he's thinking, they're communicating. He's communicating with him and telling him, this is where we want you to do. This is what we want you. This is what you need to be prepared for. And if I know what my job is, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be a better player because of it. And he does a great job of being able to communicate with these guys and lead these guys. So, again, the biggest thing is there's nothing worse than being on a team. I've been on teams that guys don't respect the manager. If they don't respect the manager, if they don't have the leadership and, and the respect in that clubhouse, it's tough to win. It is very tough to win. I don't care how good of a team you have. But when you have a manager who they respect and then you add talent to that, obviously we saw what happened last year, World Series team. He also knows how to manage a game because that's it's something that I think as the game is evolved, more and more attention gets paid to how people handle people and how people manage people. But not only does he do that to a, a, great, a great level, but he also knows how to manage inside a game. Look at how he used Andrew Miller last year. Him and Cody Allen had this great, and, and Shaw, Shaw too. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, they were really in a, in a great spot, and he managed delicately, 
and he managed very, very effectively with three guys that could really pitch out of the pen. Yeah, that was it. He was down to Kluber, and he was down to those three arms in the bullpen, and he was just trying to piece things together with some other arms, Bauer and Tomlin, et cetera. Yep. And he, he also had a, a situation when, when Miller comes over. you got Miller, who's used to closing, and Cody Allen, and you never heard a peep from anybody that, hey, I want that job, that's my job, and who's taking my job and all. You never heard it. It was never part of that culture. Also, you know, some, and you can speak to this too, uh, that is in a managerial position, one of the biggest things that I've learned is how important it is to manage a bullpen. How many games are won and lost in the 7th, 8th, and ninth because of decisions made in the bullpen? And it's funny to me, as a catcher, I used to realize, well, why are we doing this? What is going on? What's this decision being made? And then all of a sudden now you lost the game as opposed to then you watch some of the moves being made and they won the game. So you can speak to that of how important it is as a, as a GM was hiring a guy and, and having guys that understood how important the bullpen was. Inside the game, it's the most important thing. Because if you can't manage those last innings and manage your pen, you have no chance to win. You have none. You've got to be able to manage that. You've got to understand the personalities. You've got to understand the fatigue. You've got to understand strength and weakness. You've got to understand matchup. And, and you don't have a half hour, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes to figure this out. You've got like 30 seconds to figure this out. Terry Francona is one of the best at it. Yep, and I'll, the, the three things I'll remember from the playoffs last year was obviously the World Series. Just being in Wrigley Field for that uh, whole thing was amazing. The second thing would be Dave Roberts using Kenley Jansen in the division series for multiple innings. And then after that, whether he was going to do it or not, Francona was the guy that took over from there. And, and he was using Miller like that Swiss Army. It was amazing. It was an amazing job of managing by two men. Roberts and Terry Francona, and Francona got him. I mean, one, one break of the ball in that game seven, and everything's different. We'll come back. You'll hear from Terry Francona, our interview with him. Uh, had a great talk with him about a great many things. Jason Kipnis, the 2017 season, and a pretty cool story about uh, Ned Coletti as well. You're listening to MLB on TuneIn Live, brought to you by eSurance, proud partner of Major League Baseball, because in the modern world, you can listen to Major League games the way you want to, like right here, anytime, anywhere on TuneIn. With easy online mobile tools from eSurance, you can get car insurance the way you want it, saving money while choosing quality coverage that's right for you. That's insurance for the modern world. See how much you can save on car insurance at eSurance.com. J.P. Arancibia, Ned Coletti, Holden Kushner, Goodyear Ballpark, checking out the Indians today in the Cactus League. Stick around. Terry Francona next. MLB on TuneIn Live from the Cactus League, presented by eSurance. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to MLB on TuneIn, the podcast presented by eSurance. And we'll be right back with more after this. TuneIn is your home for all NFL action, now featuring no huddle. Cordell Stewart, he's just that versatile. And Brian Weber. I'm a middle-aged white guy. It's a team effort here. You're, you're a great guy. You're excellent young man. I appreciate it. I wouldn't it. go. Oh, I, young gave you man. Young, I gave you young man Save for that the one. tape. Excellent young man, This Brian is the Weber. last time I'll say it, though. Cordell Stewart and Brian Weber will break down all things NFL. I'm not doing truth. You I'm have to. I'm telling you See, what the outcome's going to be. that's the problem I'm be. having with you right truth now. Truth is the name of your because book. Because you know what's wrong and you know what's right, you would prefer to go with what's wrong because the pundits are the ones that determine what happens. I'm telling you what's going to happen. No, I'm asking you. The name you. of this show is not shoulda, woulda, coulda. Let's try this one That's more our time. podcast. Let me rephrase right? this We're one more do time. That on Sunday. Listen live Monday through Friday from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern or catch all the replays and interviews on demand on the NFL on TuneIn. It's like us being on our app and being able to come into your, your cell phones. and It's different now. It's different. 
You're listening to MLB on TuneIn Live from Spring Training, presented by eSurance, official sponsor of Major League Baseball. eSurance, insurance for the modern world. Here are your hosts, Holden Kushner, J.P. Arancibia, and Ned Coletti. The wind in the 0-1. Swung on, hit high, deep to right center. There she goes. And the Indians have their first lead in the playoffs. Three to two Tribe. A no doubt about it. Blast to right center by Jason Kipnis. Yep, right now Jason Kipnis battling some uh, shoulder issues. He had a cortisone shot in his right shoulder, his thrown shoulder, and uh, we'll see when he can come back. But as of right now, uh, there is a timetable, four to five weeks that he shut down. We caught up with the manager of the Cleveland Indians, Terry Francona. We're live here at Indians Camp at Goodyear Ballpark, MLB on TuneIn Live, presented by eSurance. Here's our conversation with Terry Francona, the manager of the Indians. I was just listening to you talk about the WBC, and we, we talked to Antonetti about this, where Miller's getting up two times in a game, pitching the next day. Do you communicate with the, the American team directly, or is that something you just have to get the word out that you're not a big fan of it? No, it's not. And again, I, I, I don't want to come across the wrong way. I mean, I have as much respect for Jim Leland as anybody. And Mickey Callaway's talked to Jonesy multiple times, and they've been great about it. I don't ever want that to come across that way. They've been tremendous. I mean, they're supposed to win. You know, I get it. Um, we just... You know, I, I personally, I worry because there's a progression in spring training, especially for pitchers. And when they start trying to do too much too soon, I think you put them at risk. And we're not, you know, it's every other team's the same way. Um, and, but you worry. So you send them knowing that, you know, they're representing their country and you're proud of them, but your heart's in your throat at the same time. I don't think that's wrong to say. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody just we worry as a manager obviously i I don't it's underestimated how much you guys mean to the players and you have the respect of the guys in there i love how you said it was an even even playing field can you speak about how important is communication and being able to be a leader to get the best out of these guys you know i i just think that if you you know everybody's different but i think you've got to be true to yourself some guys i mean i played for dallas green he could walk in a room like John Wayne. He'd scare the heck out of everybody. I can't do that. I, and, and I think players, if you stay true to yourself, you got a chance. You know, if, you're, if you try to be somebody you're not, it's not going to work. And I know that I want to be honest with them. I want them to enjoy trying to do the right thing. And that's hard to do sometimes. But if they show up on day one of spring training and they try to get better every day for themselves and for the team, we're going to be in pretty good shape. And then you build relationships because a lot of times as a manager, you got to tell guys stuff they don't want to hear. But you're able to a little bit easier because you've developed a relationship where there is some trust. Yeah, they might be mad for a day or two, and I get it. But they're not going to be mad at you forever because you lied to them because that doesn't work. You got the long season last year. You approached this spring different with your pitchers because you got an extra month's worth of work, especially a guy like Miller. You know, and it was the first time that that really had happened. So Kluber, uh, Tomlin, because they came back on short rest towards the end, 
and then Cody Allen, Shaw, and Miller were the five guys we kind of targeted that we really leaned on. Because I think to get that far, you you have to lean on. I don't think it's realistic. Now, with Miller, we really weren't able to do that because he's pitching in his stuff. So that worried us even more. The other guys, we backed up the starters. They didn't start in the game till the 6th of March. They pitched some sim games. We're just trying to kind of temper the intensity and we're also trying to balance, have them ready for the first game in Texas because it's important. And we did the same thing with the relievers because, in all honesty, we'd like to have a, you know, the goal is to have a good long run again. But to do that, you got to have these guys from the get-go till the very end. Now, they do a good job. Like, I've reminded Kluber three or four times. I'm like, you know, the first bad outing you have, media's going to ask you, oh, are you tired? Don't let, don't buy into that because he's big, strong, young. He might be better this year. Kipnis, you mentioned that completely different than Brantley. But um, as far as not having him here, even if it were for some regular season games, what do you miss besides for the bat? Well, I mean, some some guys in your lineup, you just, especially early, you put them in your lineup and you, it's not guaranteed that they're going to be hot or cold, but I mean, he's one of the best offensive second basemen in the game. You don't platoon with him, you know, things like that. So you know that positions, just let him play. You know, and then it lets you maybe with other positions mix and match a little bit more so we can get some more production. If we have Brantley in left field, let him go play. Then we can mix and match in center field and right field and maybe get a little bit more production. If he's not in there, that's another position that it probably takes two players. And at some point, you're going to come up a little short somewhere else. Yandy's a guy that people haven't seen. I've got to play against him. There was, you know, Gonzalez and Ursula and all these guys. Uh, talk about Yandy uh, specifically as a guy who, you know, he's got some great talent and what uh, he can bring to the team. He's probably the, the most, as far as our younger hitters in camp, he's the most developed. I mean, he's, he knows the strike zone. He's a strong kid. He's going to hit the ball eventually out of the ballpark more than he does now. We've moved him a couple times defensively, and now we're trying to kind of get him back at third base just because of the need. It's not perfect, and we acknowledge that, but we also want to give him a chance to see if he can do it. Um, if, if it doesn't, if the timing's not right, we'll send him to AAA and let him play. But his future's bright. We just got to get him, you know, we need the defense to catch up some with the offense, and we're in the midst of doing that right now, I think. I think for the longest time, he just, you know, he, like a lot of guys, if you hit 300, they'll find a place for you. Well, somewhat true, but we need him to, to be reliable defensively so it doesn't hurt us. i got a general question for you on leadership and managing. I think about, about your, your tenure, Philadelphia and then Boston and then here. I think about Bochi, San Diego, then three World Series in San Francisco. I think about Joe Torre. Managed three times, goes to the Yankees, 12 straight playoffs. I think of Belichick, a guy you probably know from Boston. How much did you learn in Philly that kind of impacted you and, and changed you as a second-time manager in Boston? I used to laugh when I was younger because you'd hear about the recycled managers. Then when I became one, I didn't laugh anymore because it really helps. We're, I spent four years there in a place that it's not a fun place to not be very good. But I learned a lot. Like, I mean, I knew how I felt. You know, we had some good young, we had a role in Abreu, Glanville. And I felt like I knew how I felt about him. And I, I, I took, I think, a lot of heat for our team and kept him off their back. So then 
when you get a team that has more talent and you still feel that way, it works. I mean, I felt pretty strongly like how I felt about the players. We just weren't very good. We didn't have any pitching, and that's a hard way to play. But I learned a lot, and I wouldn't want to go through that again. And I was really fortunate that I got another chance to manage because a lot of guys, you get a chance and it doesn't go well. We've all seen it. You go through your interview and you're smart, you're young, you're innovative. About a year and a half later, when your team's not good, you're dumb. And that's we've seen it all the time. And I was fortunate I got another chance and with a really good team. And sometimes you just kind of be thankful that you were put in a good position. Edwin Encarnacion, he reminds you of a, uh, of a young Aaron Sebia, some people say. I'm sure that, I'm sure that you may think that, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Talk about Eddie as a, as a former teammate. The dude does it all, and he, he works, and he's a great kid. Talk about how excited you are to be able to manage him as opposed to having to manage against him. You know what? And you don't have to manage him. Just write his name in the lineup and get out of his way. He's, he's not going to be the loudest kid in the locker room. That's okay. But he's thoughtful when you talk to him. You know, he, he posts every day, and he drives in over 100 runs. And there's not many of those guys in the league where you can kind of put it in ink. If he's healthy, he's going to drive him in. He's a, profe- I mean, he's a professional, dangerous hitter, and he'll make everybody in front of him and behind him better. Terry Francona, any truth that you made Ned Coletti's career, that you really got him into the business? <laughs> no, I can't, I can't say that, but it is a funny story. I mean, I was managing the Fall League, and I had a place I used to go. It was called Pitch Keys Paradise. It was a little bar about three blocks from the ballpark in Scottsdale, and it had a menu that, like, it was just, you know, the beer was cold. It was perfect. And I'm sitting at the bar one night, and here comes Ned interviewing for a job. I didn't even know he was interviewing until he told me, and I had known Ned from the Cubs years before and I told the guys I said if you don't hire this guy you're crazy now it's probably eight beers deep but <laughs> it's funny because it makes for a good story because then you know 20 years later he was a general manager for you know God knows how many years and all the success so it's kind of makes for a fun story but I mean we go back all the way to 86 with the Cubs it starts making you feel old 86 with that's the Cubs. that's when I was born <laughs> that's, that's right what I mean. it yeah. makes you feel a little old yeah, I think I got it like his 87 Fleer card or something like that yeah so yeah thank you Terry my pleasure I enjoyed it he it really does like he just loves talking to people I wish I knew what that was, was like to enjoy talking with people but he legitimately loves it you go back years and years and years with him, Ned. Uh, JP, you've had a pretty fun time with him with uh, the Tim Kirchin impression, which you don't do anymore. I've retired that. But he, he actually, uh, when he was doing his stuff with ESPN, uh, was walking through our clubhouse, and I used to imitate Tim Kirchin, and that's how I used to break down the opposing players mm-hmm. uh, for some of my pitchers. They enjoyed that. So I, he brought that out of me, and then it became this whole big skit. And yeah. And, you know, from playing against them to playing against them again after uh, he was done with ESPN, he's always been great, a guy that I enjoyed playing against. And like you said, uh, you said that, you know, I've heard you a couple times earlier today say how great it was to or how great it would have been to have worked with a guy, yeah. uh, that, a manager like that. In your, in your world, I, I feel the same way. In my world as a, as a player, I would have really, really enjoyed working with a guy like that. Yeah, just a spectacular guy. And we just heard the story again with you guys going so far back. But it, and even, a, even me, I maybe talked to him you know, a handful of times back when, when I was in Boston covering him. And, but you're, you're a guy that's known him for so long. He, he just makes you feel special. He's one of those guys that makes you feel like you're the most important person in the room. You know, it was I remember the night vividly. Bob Quinn was a GM at the Giants. Brian Sabian was the assistant GM. We were trying to figure out if I was going to go there or not after my Cub days. 
and not only did he say what he said that night 30 years ago, but that to this day he remembers doing that. Think about that. Think about what has transcended in his life in the last 30 years. And when he sees me, it's the first thing we always talk about is that it was a five-minute exchange of that, maybe a three-minute exchange. Good man. All right, two other things from the interview I want to talk about. First, we'll start with Kipnis because even Francona said it, this is not the same thing as Michael Brantley. At least not now it's not like Michael Brantley. We're talking four to five weeks. Um, you've repeatedly said this on the show. You get a cortisone shot. That's fine, but if it doesn't respond, there's problems. But you hear Terry saying this is not the same thing as Brantley. How, how concerning is it still? To me, I think it's a little bit more than they're leading on to. Mm -hmm. I think it's smart that they completely shut them down. Anytime that somebody gets completely shut down, that means that there's something going on and they're a little bit seri more serious than just inflammation so that they can give it a little bit of a time to rest. May it be tendonitis, whatever it may be, they're trying to say, hey, whatever's in your arm, we're not going to be able to mess with this anymore. We got to stop it. So I think that it's a little bit more, and I'm sure for you, uh, dealing with a lot of players, how many times have you guys said inflammation? And you knew that there was, there was a little bit more uh, to what was going on. But again, just understanding, hey, once they shut somebody down, when they shut somebody down for a week, that's a big difference. Oh, yeah. Shutting somebody down. But that means if it goes longer than a week, it goes 10 days, two weeks or longer. You're, 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 that also means that when they do start coming back, they're like at the beginning of spring training. There's still going to be a process. It's not like they're going to be shut down, and then after 10 days you're going to be pitching in a big league game or playing second base in a big league game. No. That means that you're shut down. That means that when you do feel able to play, it'll be another process before you start to play. All right. Then the other thing I took out of it was the World Baseball Classic talk, because, and you'll hear the Chris Antonetti conversation as well. You know, Antonetti was talking about the World Baseball Classic, how he wasn't happy about Andrew Miller having to get warm twice, and then the next day he was pitching. So Francona was not happy either, and he cleared it up. I mean, he went out of his way to say it's a great, it's a great place to do it. But come on, this is not a good situation. And, and this is an organization that, at least up top, understands the importance of it, willing to go along with it, not happy they got to do it. Well, it, I thought Terry, I thought they both handled it well. You know, Terry made a, a lot of good points, and it is, he also said something in the media scrum. You love to do it, but there really is no good time to do it. No. You can't do it at the All-Star break. The break's not long. If you can't shut the game down for two weeks, it, there's, it's great for the game, but the, this is about the only time. I can remember as a, as a GM and an assistant GM going to the GM meetings where this, this tournament was discussed before it ever became a reality, and we lobbied it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and we kept going back and forth trying to figure out when do we do this? We'd love to do it, but when do you do this? And it's, it's almost impossible to find a perfect time. There is no perfect time. But his example of Andrew Miller is a great one. Here's a guy that pitched to November last year, had one less month of, to be rested and, and to really kind of recuperate, and now he's, he's up twice, doesn't get in the game, and he's in the game the next night. You would never do that in spring training. You would never do that, especially when you play till November 2nd or 3rd. No, and the other point that he made concerning Andrew Miller, again, he gets up in one game, not once but twice. He gets hot two in one game. The next day, after he gets warm twice, then he goes out and pitches. And not only is he going out and pitching, his slider is not, you know, it's, it's not a pitch that he throws that early in March. 
So he's going out there with adrenaline and throwing pitches that he usually doesn't throw there. So I think it will be interesting to keep an eye on Miller this year. It, fine if he gets off to a hot start, but how does this wear on him as the season goes on? Can they utilize him like they did last year? Especially at the end of the season. That's right. Can I mean, they utilize you got to have playoffs? a whole more, a lot more, even if he, if he doesn't have any, any setback. By the time he gets to October again, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it's 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 going to be more and more tough for for teams to allow these guys to play, especially after long uh, postseasons. Especially pitchers. If you look at it, this guy, like you said, all of a sudden now the adrenaline starts running. It's a full count, big part of the game. You're trying to bet. You're trying to throw your best slider to get this guy out. You're not ready for it. It's tough. It's like pressing the gas pedal and not having the, the engine there. That's that's a hard thing to do, and that's when injuries happen. And that's why sometimes, like he said, and it's very unfortunate, I played with Vinny Pestano. I played with him in that WBC in 2013. And this is a guy who was one of their best guys out of the pen. He got hurt in the WBC and has never bounced back. Never bounced back means his career. He hasn't been able to bounce back. So that's a guy that happened to a guy who was a little bit less under uh, a, of a contract. He did not have that kind of a big contract. He has some security. But that's a scary part of, of for winning you need these guys to be out there and be pitching for you. It's, it's a hard, it's a very difficult dynamic on either side. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a tough, it's a tough call either way. Well, he was with the Indians when it happened too, right? Yeah. So you good. understand that there's a history there on top of that. So they've already been kind of burnt by the WBC, and now they're seeing the way that Miller's being used, but it's something that they have to deal with. Well, and for me, the biggest thing you said is it's, it's, it's not a club team. So that for me was yep. was was a huge say right there that said it all for me is that he he's saying in in a, in a much nicer way it's about the Cleveland Indians this is what you come you're worried about the Cleveland Indians it's not about no club team we're not going out there to play intramurals it that's the one thing that's tough but then the flip side of that is you want these guys to get the exposure because because let's be honest as well these guys getting this exposure continues to grow the celebrity of the team. Yes. All these guys want to go out there. It's a good for it's good for business. It's good for everybody, but at the expense of possibly an injury. No, that's not what it is. And obviously, they've got reason for concern. I think every team has reason for concern when it comes to it. But it's been a pretty nice ride for Team USA, so we're enjoying that right now. Uh, we'll come back here on MLB on Tuna Live. Let's just, just touch on the World Baseball Classic. We also got Matt Harvey had his start today, and the Braves have announced their starting rotation. So all that and more in hour number two. President of the Indians, Chris Antonetti, joins us. Edwin Encarnacion, we had a chance to catch up with Edwin today. And Steve Otero, reliever. Uh, we'll talk about the Indians' bullpen a little bit more. Dan. Dan Otero. Yeah, I'm great with names, aren't I, JC? <laughs> He's J.P. Aaron Sebia. I'm Holden Kushner, alongside Ned Coletti, Dan Otero. Who's Steve Otero? Is there a, yeah, is there I, a famous Steve? Yeah, the guy yeah. I went to high school with. Yeah, hey, Steve Otero, great bowler. Any of you guys Phenomenal named Steve bowler. over here? <laughs> Steve, that's you guys? There's five guys named Steve Otero. Wonderful. Yeah. I played hey, it off. We're doing a show in front of a live studio audience, by the yeah, way. Exactly. <laughs> Goodyear Ballpark. Goodyear, Arizona. That's Arizona? Yes. Okay, good. And the Arizona. Not the Grapefruit, the Cactus League. That's correct. Although you were picking grapefruits the other day, which I find is fascinating. I know, that's... MLB on TuneIn Live, presented by eSurance. Stick around. MLB on TuneIn Live is presented by eSurance, official sponsor of Major League Baseball, and will return to Arizona for more coverage of the Cactus League after a short break. You're listening to MLB on TuneIn, the podcast, presented by eSurance, and we'll be right back with more after this. 
Immerse yourself in the world of the Young Turks, the podcast that progressively combines all of the news, politics, and pop culture trends that people care about all in one place. Hosted by Jenk Uger and Anna Kasparian, dive in headfirst each day with shows that cover the latest in American politics and foreign policy, breaking news, sports, entertainment, and much more. Join the movement with the Young Turks. No shows play daily on TuneIn. TuneIn. Listen like you mean it. Now, back to Arizona in the Cactus League. This is the MLB on TuneIn Live Spring Training Tour, presented by eSurance. Here are your hosts, Holden Kushner, J.P. Arancibia, and Ned Coletti. The 0-2, swing, and a high drive! Deep right center! There she goes! A game winner! In dramatic fashion, by a final score of three to two. All right, now that's Tom Hamilton. We got Jim Rosenhaus, play-by-play voice of the Cleveland Indians, as well. Holden Kushner, Ned Coletti, J.P. Aaron Cibio. We're about 20 minutes away from Edwin Encarnacion. I had a chance to catch up with him, and uh, we'll also hear from Chris Antonetti and Dan Otero. Dan, right? Yeah, Not it's Steve. it's. The older brother of Steve. Okay. Yeah. He's the older brother of Steve. Yeah. They, they, yeah so which Steve. one are we hearing from, Steve or Dan? Dan. Okay. Dan is the one we're going to hear from. Sure. If you had Steve, though, that would be a scoop. <laughs> that that might be harder to get, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know where he is. <laughs> hey, what's doing here, uh, Jim? It's, it's great to be with you. Thanks again for stopping by. You're one of our favorites. Um, saw Brantley today. Said he felt good after the game. I mean, how much how, how much can you really rely on him given the injuries over the last year? Yeah, I think the fact that he got out there today and not two weeks from now is huge. Um, the big key will be it's nice to hear them say he's planning on playing three of the next four days, including today. So they have an off day tomorrow, the team does, and then he's supposed to play the next two. If he gets through that, that is a huge positive sign because last year he came back played a couple of games shoulder started barking again it was on and off on and off and then he finally shut it down and only played 11 games all season so uh, by all accounts because he had the surgery in August this time around he's had longer to build up he's in phenomenal shape he's probably stronger than he's ever been and they're hoping that all that work takes care of the shoulder issue and boom away he goes you've got to see him firsthand a guy that I think does a lot more than just a stat show. And the stats show a lot because the dude has some pretty great years. Can you talk about watching him on a day-in and day-out basis, how that differs from just seeing his stat line? Well, I mean, look at today. Uh, yeah, he got a couple of hits. But he goes from first to third on a base hit. Uh, in the outfield, first play of the game, he came in and there was a mix-up between he and the third baseman. And he took the time to, to talk to Yandy Diaz about, hey, that's an outfielder's ball. You know, we'll get that squared away. But he's a good outfielder, too. Uh, I think a dozen assists the last full season he played. So there, there's a lot going on there that's good. And if he's in the lineup, that's got to make a difference to the rest of the batting order. I mean, I know there's some theories that say it doesn't matter who hits where and, and impact on other hitters, but it's got to make a difference, I would think. I mean, you've played against him. It's quality at-bats. He's not an easy out. It's funny you say that. We literally yep. earlier I was saying we were just talking about he's that. the guy. There's guys as a, when I was a power hitter, one pitch out. He and there's other guys that you know that, that you can get out in a few pitches. He's a guy that will grind out at bat after a bat after a bat, and all of a sudden 
You've seen all his pitches. Everybody knows what he has. And he does a lot more than he might get out. But that at-bat did a lot more for the team than anybody else would recognize. At 10 pitches later, at, uh, yeah, it's an out. But look down the road later in the game, it might have an impact. Well, you walk in this clubhouse after the season that they had. Do you see a team that is still hungry for one more win in late October or a team maybe a touch tired or a touch not complacent but maybe fulfilled a little bit? Or what do you see when you walk in there? I think it's a team that, that knows that they had a good year last year and maybe unexpected to a lot of people. I don't, I don't think for them necessarily, but because they went out and got Encarnacion and added a Boone Logan, the players that are here now, not that they wouldn't have had that anyway, but I think they feel, all right, the, the front office believes in us, and they went out and got some extra pieces. Now we, we need to carry it through, and I think that makes a huge difference. That's a great point because I always would look at, after we had a good year, if I could add to that roster, mm -hmm. and the first day everybody's in spring training, your pitchers and catchers are there, then your position players show up, that first day everybody's there, and the guys that were there the year before look around the room, and they see Encarnacion sitting there, and Boone Logan, they go, oh, we were loaded last year, and if we can get healthy with what we had last year, then you add a guy with 100-plus stakes every year. Yeah, they went Pretty out. Big. They went out and basically got Encarnacion, Brantley, and then mm -hmm. Carrasco and Salazar. Yeah, really. That's that's what you guys got from. They, you didn't have those guys the last you know couple months. Yeah. You didn't have the two hitters for the full season. So this on paper is a much improved team. Yeah, and legit question about uh, tired. Um, is there wear and tear? Uh, they tried to take some some steps with Corey Kluber, Josh Tomlin, uh, Cody Allen. Uh, I think they were hoping to with Andrew Miller, but then, then he's pitching in WBC. But I think that's gone okay. And then and Brian Shaw, they, they backed them off a little bit this spring, uh, maybe a little bit from what they normally would do. And by all accounts, all four of them have said that they feel great. It's just a matter of dialing in on, on command and things like that. But in terms of how they feel after a heavy workload in October, they feel pretty good. Yeah, and they should feel pretty good. We're uh, we're talking with Jim Rosenhaus here. He is the play-by-play uh, -play voice of the Indians, alongside Tom Hamilton. So, just some other things you know, notice around this team here, besides for some of the new faces. What about the bullpen? Besides for Andrew Miller, um, because I think they're uh, every team. It's a forgotten group. Don't talk about it very much. But how does it settle up here with Allen being the closer behind him? Shaw, Otero. Who else can we expect to see? Yeah, Miller, Shaw, Otero. Uh, Zach McAllister will be in that mix. I'm probably forgetting someone who's, who's right there, but um, basically there's one spot open, and there's several players in on the, on the major league or minor league deals with the major league invite. And then there's some organizational guys, too, that have options, which they kind of want to keep open. So uh, Sean Armstrong's had a, a big spring, just to name one. But uh, they feel pretty good about their bullpen with Allen, Shaw, Otero, uh, Miller, McAllister, Logan. Logan. It, it's That's it's right. setting up nicely. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good bullpen. Um, and there's some different looks there, too. There yeah. are. And, yeah. then, and then looking a little bit deeper down the pipeline here, the prospect or two that we may see this year. Well, uh, Bradley Zimmer played at the end today, and he's played pretty much every day this spring on account of, of the WBC and some injuries. Uh, he's been tremendous. I mean, here's a former number one draft pick, big kid. The Miller trade last year, the Yankees... Uh, they took four prospects, one of which was Clint Frazier. And, and you looked at Clint Frazier and Bradley Zimmer as the, the two top outfield prospects. And 
that's who they took. And, and I think the Indians are, they would be happy either way. I think they're really happy that Zimmer's still the one who's here because he's had a wonderful spring. I got to play against him a little bit and, and had some question about his swing mm -hmm. and how he'd be able to play. They said that the, this offseason you went and tried to revamp his swing, and that was something he was working, that, uh, working on, and I've heard that it looks better. So can you speak to that? And then also talk about Mejia. I've, I, yes. I saw and heard some great things about their catching prospect who uh, is, is waiting in the wings. Uh, Zimmer, you look at his numbers from last year, and, and stats I know sometimes in the minor leagues are, are hard to read. They're down a little bit because he started to make those adjustments. They say, look, uh, you know, you've hit a certain way and, and gotten us to a certain level, but if you want to have success in the major leagues, we think you should try this. And he jumped in, and probably at the expense of some statistics a year ago, but he stayed with it all the way through the Arizona Fall League and then this winter continued to work on it. Shorter swing uh, should come into play when he's a left-handed batter when he's facing left-handed pitching more so than the other way. And he's been pretty darn good this spring. So that's exciting. Mejia, Francisco Mejia, the kid who had a 50-game hit streak in the minor leagues oh, last year. He, yeah. he doesn't look like a catcher. He's, he's smaller. He's 5'10", maybe 175, 180. But he got a couple of bombs earlier in major league spring training games, home runs that went nine miles. And you talk to Sandy Alomar. He's seen a bunch. Is he a finished product in terms of throwing out runners? No. But he said just pure arm strength, probably the best arm strength in the system, including the big leagues, which when you consider Gomes and Perez, that's saying a lot. Now, where Gomes and Perez are so good is, is the quick release. It's tremendous. Yeah. And he's not there yet. But pure arm strength. Sandy loves it, and he says he's willing to work, and, and he's coming along nicely. What do you make of the Kipnis injury? You think it's more than just a little inflammation? Boy, he really hopes that, it's, that that's all it is. Um, it's something that he's had the past several springs and gotten through it a lot easier than he has this year. So you hope it's not something more than that. I, I mean, shoulders, you know, it's, it's a scary thing. And we've seen it with Brantley. But uh, just hearing uh, Jason talk about it also uh, when Tito talks about it or Chris Anton, anybody who's talked about it has said, look, it we're taking probably more precaution than we need to. And you've heard a couple of times, I know Tito had him in the lineup one day and he took him out and he said if it was a regular season game, probably could have played him. Um, they just want to get the thing calmed down and yep. taken care of so that when he comes back, he can play 140 games uh, whenever it is that he comes back and not have to play two, sit three, play that type of thing. They want him to come back, play every day. All right, uh, Jim, you're going to watch the WBC here. Absolutely. Tomorrow. You've been Great into games, it? You've yeah. been into it? I, it's funny, and you guys were there for Tito today. It's, it's hard because when you have players on your club that are in it, you worry about it. But just sitting down watching the games, I mean, the games have been phenomenal, haven't they? Yeah, and it took me, it took me till the – I woke up early to, and just ha so happened to be extra innings between Israel and I think South Korea. Uh-huh. And the game went extra innings. So I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Yeah. Because I was not excited about it. Not, not whatsoever. I was like, oh, gosh, you know, I'd, I'd rather just watch spring training games. But now that we're well into it, it's just the Dominican Republic Team USA game was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was must-see TV. Yeah, I can't wait for the game against Japan tomorrow. So you've had a good time with and it. And even uh, tonight, Puerto Rico is back in there tonight, which uh, yeah. I mean, obviously for fans of the Indians, they want yeah. to see Lindor and, yeah, and that course. type of thing. And so, yeah, there's good stuff going even, on. What a good player he is. Oh, oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Were you oh. even surprised? You were even surprised that, that, that they had two TVs 
at the at the well, we had we to at. make them turn one on. But there was he was saying, listen, I promise you, there's not going to be any WBC on TV here because of the of the basketball mm-hmm. tournament. I said, I promise you. So one of them we asked yeah, for right next the to motocross, and the other one was on. <laughs> it was so so. I'm, I'm glad. I'm I'm excited to see all the excitement that guys are are yeah. bringing to baseball because you know as. Everyone talks about how can we make the game mm-hmm. more enjoyable and for fans and how can they watch this. And obviously, I think this is a tool to make make fans more engaged. It's been fun. I, I, I hope that somehow they can figure out a way to, to have it at a time of year that doesn't seem to be as... <laughs> it's, Jim, everybody yeah, says the I'd, same yeah. thing. You can't. I, I saw that, that Joe Girardi was saying maybe start it in the spring and right. then have the, the finals over the All-Star, All-Star break. break. Yeah, Who knows? That's, but I... Hey, the games have been fun for, yes. for what it's worth. They are. They're not stopping anytime soon. No. I, I, I'm totally into it, and I can't wait for tomorrow night's game. Always great to see you. Thank you so much for the time. Thanks Thank for you. coming out, guys. Yeah, and Thank enjoy you. getting your – you're going to get a ring, aren't you? Uh, somewhere, I, yeah, I think so. Somewhere yeah. along the line. They fitted us, so they're Ooh, out there somewhere. Oh, awesome. nice. That's good. Yeah, the broadcasters <laughs> get the rings. That's, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part, of the, it's part of living through the tough times, right? There's some pretty dry <sighs> years you were here. Even the tough times, though. It's still baseball. <laughs> All right. right. Yeah, there's no tough times. Exactly. It's baseball. We've got uh, Edwin Encarnacion <laughs> within the next 10 minutes. We've got uh, Chris Antonetti, the uh, president over here and then uh, Dan Otero. We're going to talk about the bullpen a little bit more, but he is J.P. Aaron Sibia. He is Ned Coletti, and I'm Holden Kushner. This is MLB on TuneIn Live, live from Indians Camp, Goodyear, Arizona, and we're presented by eSurance, proud partner of Major League Baseball. With easy online mobile tools from eSurance, you can get car insurance the way you want it, saving money while you choose quality coverage. That's right for you. It's insurance for the modern world. See how much you could save on car insurance at eSurance.com. Edwin Encarnacion next on MLB on TuneIn Live, presented by eSurance. Broadcasting live from the Cactus League in Arizona, the MLB on TuneIn Live spring training tour, presented by eSurance, will be right back. You're listening to MLB on TuneIn, the podcast, presented by eSurance, and we'll be right back with more after this. TuneIn is your home for all NFL action. Now featuring no huddle. Cordell Stewart, he's just that versatile. And Brian Weber. I'm a middle-aged white guy. It's a team effort here. Yeah, you're a great guy. You're excellent young man. I appreciate it. I wouldn't you. go. Oh, I, gave young you, man. I gave you young man Save for that one. Save the tape. Excellent young man. This Brian is the Weber. last time I'll say it, though. Cordell Stewart and Brian Weber will break down all things NFL. I'm not doing Don't truth. You I'm, have to. I'm telling See, you what the outcome is going to be. That's the problem I'm having with you right truth now. Truth is the name of your because book. Because you know what's wrong and you know what's right, you would prefer to go with what's wrong because the pundits are the ones that determine what happens. I'm telling you what's going to happen. No, I'm asking you. The name you. of the show is not shoulda, woulda, coulda. Let's try this one That's more time. That's our podcast. Let me rephrase right? this one more time. Listen live Monday through Friday from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern or catch all the replays and interviews on demand on the NFL on TuneIn. It's like us being on our app and being able to come into your, your cell phones. and It's different now. It's Coming to you live from the Cactus League, you're listening to MLB on TuneIn Live, presented by eSurance, official sponsor of Major League Baseball. Here are your hosts, Holden Kushner, J.P. Arancibia, and Ned Coletti. The infield drawn in. Edwin 0 for 3, walked intentionally his last time up. Travis at third, Donaldson at first one out. The Jimenez pitch, fly ball deep left field. Yes, sir, the Blue Jays are going to Texas. Carnacion has won it for the Blue Jays, 5-2. to two. 
with a dramatic 11th inning home run into the 200 level here as he's mobbed by his teammates and a sea of blue down on the field. Yeah, that's Blue Jays voice Jerry Howarth. And thanks to Jim Rosenhaus from the Indians for stopping by. But uh, that's it. That's the last call uh, for a long time, maybe maybe ever. I don't, I don't see Edwin going back there. But that was it for Edwin in Toronto. And now he's here with the Cleveland Indians. And we are here with the Cleveland Indians, MLB on TuneIn Live, J.P. and Sebia, Ned Coletti. And I'm holding Kushner here at Goodyear Ballpark where the Indians of the Dodgers played today. I'll get you guys' thoughts on Edwin. Uh, JP's a guy you know very well. You played with him. To me, just seems like a gentle giant and a great, I'm talking about a great hitter. Well, a heart of gold, a phenomenal human being. But what he can do on the field, he was one of the guys who studied the game. He had a great approach every time he went to the plate. There was many times in the dugout he would tell me, hey, JP, I'm going to be sitting on this pitch. Watch this. And, and, I'd watch the at-bat unfold, and sure enough, the, dude, the guy would throw him a pitch that he was waiting for, and he'd hit it in the second deck. He just, he just got to that kind of confidence, and he knew the game. He's got the experience, and I'm very, very surprised that it lasted that long uh, for him to find a home. But these guys got an absolute steal in Edwin Cardenasion. Yep, and he's just another one of these guys that teams gave up on, that had a chance to grab him, and, and they didn't, and he's panned out, and... Listen, he got a big contract. I thought he'd get a bigger contract. It's just the way the market is right now, probably because of his age. It's going to be a bargain when it's all said and done. This guy just crushes. Plus, they're, they're going to compete against Toronto at some point in time. You know that. And uh, to have him go back to T.O. and to be able to bang a little bit. Oh. This guy's a great run producer. That's the most important stat in the game. You've got to get runs to win the game. This man can put them up. Yep, he's right up there with the best. And uh, JP, knowing Edwin for a long time, got things going with him in the clubhouse earlier today. Talk to me about this offseason and how excited you were to have the contract and to be with the team uh, back in the uh, playoff contention uh, and how excited you are to be with Cleveland. I'm very excited about to be with this team now. And, and the offseason is, is, was a little tough, a free agency, but now uh, here we my new team. Uh, I, I be enjoy every moment, every second with with my teammates here in spring training. Used to get together to to my new teammates and and get ready for the season. Get ready for the season, and I'm happy to be in this organization. The team wasn't the World Series last year, so now we're gonna continue to try to do the same we do last year and to do what we know to do: play baseball. What are the goals? Everybody, no one realizes how hard you worked when you got, you were in AAA with me, you got sent down, and then you became Edwin Encarnacion. How hard do you work? How excited are you? And what kind of goals do you have this, this, for this season? Uh, my goal, like I always say, to be healthy. If I'm healthy, I know I can put some good number to, in, at the end of the season. So uh, that's my main thing, being healthy and I know I can help this team to win a lot of games. Like you say before, like when we wasn't to play, they sent me down. So I keep my head up, keep working hard, and you see the result. How how is is right now? You face these this staff plenty: Kluber, Salazar, Carrasco. Can you talk a little bit about those three guys and what each of them offers? Ah, they're very nasty. The first thing, <laughs> so I'm happy now. I'm glad I don't have to face those guys anymore. So I have in my team. So it's good to have the pitcher start that we have right now. Uh, 
uh, for me is one one of the best in the big league and and there's a great pitching so that's that's how they're winning so the pitching they start they have and francona talk to me about the manager he's great man he's great he take care of every every guy don't matter if he's better than young player better than players he know how to take care of the players so that's why or everybody play hard for him can you clear something up for me is it a parrot is it a chicken wing what is it <laughs> they call it a parrot that's how they call it in toronto they start calling it like that but it's something come style that's my my style the, the Ed Wing, the Ed Wing style. He's got it. There's nothing other than just the Ed, Ed Wing. That's right. <laughs> All right, Edwin. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you. All right, listen. That Edwin Encarnacion is is obviously his first language is not English, and I want to thank him for doing that because that's not a very easy thing to do. There's a lot of guys uh, where not only is it their second language, it's by far and away their second language. And he just did a he did a hell of a good interview. When you talk about that, it's not easy for him to speak English and do interviews in English. No, and he's not very comfortable doing it. And I'm very very thankful that he did it for us. And again, he, he's just, I think also as well, he's, he, he knows now he's a leader. He knows that he is the guy. He's going to be the one that everybody wants to talk to. He got that big contract. So it's part of being a professional is being able to answer questions and, and speak to guys. And I think he takes that into consideration. But even if you can't speak English and you can't understand his broken English, you can tell the kind of heart he has. And that for me, you tell what kind of genuine, you know, he's a guy who's, who likes to have fun who loves his peers, and uh, he, he's just a, a special, special breed. Yeah, and you say he's going to be a leader, like, right away. He just walks in there and he's a leader, huh? Well, he, he's a guy, he's not very quiet. Like, like they talked about him earlier. He, he is very quiet or he's not? He, he is very quiet. He is very Excuse quiet. Me. Excuse me. It's like Dan, Steve, he's not. I know, he is, no, no, no. He is, he is very, he's very quiet. He's a guy who walks in, he gets, he gets his job done. When he got sent down to AAA 2010, story that not a lot of people know, gets designated. Everyone passes up on him. He comes down to AAA. I literally was thinking, man, what's going to happen? What is this guy going to do? How is he going to act? Got down to AAA, wanted no special treatment, wanted nothing extra other than all I want to do is go there, work hard, and figure it out. This guy went to the cage every day. He didn't ask for anything else. He played hard. Two weeks later, he's back in the big leagues, and he's never looked back. To me, that shows what kind of human being. When he went down there, he could have – blown it off, been upset. He said, no, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get this right. He got it right, and now he's going to be set for the rest of his life. The Indians had no idea this guy was going to fall to him. That's the fascinating part about like, this. Like, like Chris Antonetti said, they were just patient. They, they let the agent know there was interest early on, and they just waited for it to play out. You have a team that goes to the last inning of the season in a World Series, and then you bring this guy into the room? <laughs> I tell you what, that is huge. That is a huge statement for those players. Guys get tired. And the season, no matter how great last year was, that's a drain. That, that's a physical, mental drain, emotional drain on people. And then you bring a guy like that into the room, everybody perks up. I guarantee you when that, that sign, when they signed him, that there was all these guys on a group text going, yep. we can't wait. Everybody's texting everybody. You see what happened? I can't believe this. No way we got this guy. Those are the things that happen in the offseason. Guys follow the offseason as much as they want to say they do not. They do. And when you make an acquisition like this, everybody's fired up. Everyone's texting each other. And all of a sudden, like you said, you may be tired, 
there might be some days that you're, you, you don't want to work out and you don't want to wake up early and, 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 and get the work done. Then they make a sign like this and you say, you know what? We got a, another, we have, not only we have another chance, we have even a better chance yes. with a guy like that in our clubhouse. guy like that just lengthens out your lineup too because it, it, they're going to pitch the guys ahead of them differently and he's going to have a lot of stakes and it, the guys behind him, the same thing. It's, it was a great move. I thought there's maybe one of the top two or three moves in baseball this offseason. Yeah, and you pencil him in for 40 home runs. How many guys can you do that? And if he doesn't hit 40, then he hits 38. There's not many guys in the league like him. And drive in over 100, yeah. which is even if he doesn't hit the home runs, I'm, I'll, if he drives in what he's been driving in, he can hit four home runs. I don't care. If he drives those runs in, he's yeah. going to be pretty good. This is his last five years, home runs, 42, 36, 34, 39, 42. He's just around F40, Mark. Yeah, he's right there every single year. He's going to hit you around 30 doubles, 30, 35 doubles as well. And he did that protecting Bautista. Yes. He didn't have a guy behind him, okay? And that, I mean, he had, they had a good lineup over there, but he did that protecting Bautista. So I want to see how they shuffle, who they put behind them, and who they're able to, uh, you know, protect them. Because if not, that's going to be a big deal too. Cleveland or Toronto? Better hitters park. Ooh, definitely Toronto. Cleveland has a high, Cleveland has a high fence, yep. so it makes it kind of tough. Um, Toronto, depending on open, close, those those things, but um, Toronto definitely is a, is a better place to hit. Yeah, they they love hitting in Toronto. And guys. the division, if you look at the division, Yankee Stadium, Boston, uh, Baltimore, all these this division has great parks to hit in. You go to Detroit, it's a little different. You know, that's so the division, the East is a better division, definitely. But again, I've always said home run hitters are home run hitters. You can put them in Yosemite Park and they're going to hit a home run. Yeah. And then as far as the rest of the Central goes, Detroit is a pitcher's ballpark. It's a big place, cold a lot. But Chicago on the south side, the ball flies out of there when it's warm. Yeah. I was going to say it's like two seasons there. So it depends on where you play. What else in the Central? Anything else you can think of as far as the ballparks go? I think probably the best hitters ballpark would be in Chicago yeah. uh, when it's warm, and that's about it. Yeah, Chicago's a, Chicago, the ball does fly. The only thing sometimes in Chicago that I remember was the fog. If they had, like, that dense fog uh-huh. and, and, and the, from the coming off the, the, the lake there, uh, it, it didn't fly as well. But, yeah, I mean, it's – Kansas City's a pitcher's park. Yeah, KC's a pitcher's park. It's just a different division. But regardless, I promise you, this is – if you put these guys in any park in baseball, these guys aren't hitting fan, fence scrapers. He's hitting balls where the, he's standing up at home plate and putting the old parrot up right away. So those balls are getting out at any yard. All right, we got a couple things to get to. One, I do want to get to some news and notes. Uh, the Royals just named their fifth starter. The Braves have announced their full rotation uh, and a little bit of the WBC, and then we'll catch up with the president of the uh, Cleveland Indians, Chris Antonetti. Listen to MLB on TuneIn Live, presented by eSurance. We're live from Goodyear, Arizona. The Home of the Cleveland Indians for J.P. Aaron Sebia, Ned Coletti. I'm Holden Kushner. Stick around. MLB on TuneIn Live from the Cactus League, presented by eSurance. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to MLB on TuneIn, the podcast, presented by eSurance. And we'll be right back with more after this. 
Immerse yourself in the world of the Young Turks, the podcast that progressively combines all of the news, politics, and pop culture trends that people care about all in one place. And it comes to you swinging from the left. Certainly those in the right wing. But even people who aren't in the right wing go, well, 50 citations, you know? Hosted by Jenk Uger and Anna Kasparian, dive in head first each day with shows that cover the latest in American politics and foreign policy, breaking news, sports, entertainment, and much more. Join the movement with the Young Turks. No shows play daily on TuneIn. TuneIn. Listen like you mean it. You're listening to MLB on TuneIn Live from Spring Training, presented by eSurance, official sponsor of Major League Baseball. eSurance, insurance for the modern world. Here are your hosts, Holden Kushner, J.P. Arancibia, and Ned Coletti. Tuned in live, hold the cushion, JP Aaron Sebia, and Ned Coletti will hear from the president of the Cleveland Indians, Chris Antonetti, as he talks about the offseason, talks about uh, some metrics, some analysis there. But first, we got some news and notes to get to. We'll start with the Atlanta Braves. They named Mike Fultonavich their fifth starter. So it's an interesting rotation, guys. Uh, Julio Tehran, who is a, has been an excellent pitcher. There's only two guys, two other guys that have been the opening day starter for the Braves four straight seasons. Greg Maddox being one of them. Any idea who the second guy is? Warren Spahn. Nope, not Warren Spahn. For the Tom Atlanta Glavin. Braves, I should have said. Tom Glavin. It's not Tom Glavin either. John Smoltz. No. We're, we'll stop guessing. Rick Mahler. Mailer? Is was, it Mailer? Rick Mailer. I was going to say Rick Mailer. Yeah, next. Too, yeah, yeah, that's what I don't yeah. think you were. I actually was going to say it. Yeah, Rick Mailer, well. right? I hadn't said one word. But yeah. Good hitter. Good hit a little bit, too. Uh, bet. You ever see him play? Yeah, well, I lived in Atlanta in middle school. So that Did was you the ever 80s. see him play? Yeah, I must okay. have. We, went, we only went to Braves games, though. They were so bad when the Beach Boys played. So we'd go like once a year to see the Beach Boys. When he pitched, the infield was like a nuclear testing site. They had, the thing was so banged up. Oh, gosh. Good sinker. Fulton County Stadium. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had oh, yeah. Chief Nakahoma and a whole bunch of interesting oh, yeah. things there. So Tehran, Bartolo Colon, Jaime Garcia. R.A. Dickey and Mike Fultonavich. So Whistler and Blair do not make the opening day rotation. It's a long season. You'll see them. They'll be there at some point in time. There's a lot of age there. And There's a I, bit. I think that's what they're just trying to do is piece to, throw some veterans, try and figure out a way to scrape to 500 this year in a new ballpark. And get their guys to be down in AAA and continue developing because yep. that's the biggest thing is these guys, they weren't ready. They, had, they were kind of forced up there. They were brought up a little quick, and I think they realize that, and they need to go back down, hone their stuff, and get ready so that once they get back up there, they don't have to look back. you got to use your innings discretionary with, with young pitching, especially with a team that's in a rebuild. Uh, they'll get their innings. They'll, they'll be able to put them in when they need to put them in. They'll be able to measure them. They'll be able to get them to the right right level, be able to manage it that way. Got two guys that should eat up a lot of innings for them with, uh, with Dickey and Cologne. And Nate Carnes just won the fifth starter spot with the Royals. So they go Duffy, Kennedy. You like that one, too. Uh, Hamill, who they brought over from the Cubs. Vargas, Jason Vargas. And uh, Nate Carnes at the back end. This is not the same rotation they've had in the past. Uh, maybe not the same caliber in the back end. But Nate Carnes uh, is a guy that's bounced around a little bit and uh, is going to try and resuscitate his career, maybe make a long career of it at the back end of the Royals rotation. He's got a good fastball and a great breaking ball. He's a guy who I played with in Tampa. He left to uh, – they traded him to Seattle. And 
his velo was up actually, and he was throwing the ball a little bit harder. And and uh, if he can figure out how to do that that fastball up and and breaking ball uh, over the plate in Kansas City, he's going to be pretty good. All right, World Baseball Classic. We've got Puerto Rico and the Netherlands tonight, and then we have the USA and Japan tomorrow. Puerto Rico is unbeaten. Uh, they've got Carlos Correa. They got Francisco Lindor. They got Carlos Beltran. And uh, D.D. Gregorius is actually leaving right now. He's back, uh, headed back to the Yankees uh, for an MRI. What was it on his shoulder? shoulder. So that's uh, not great news there. But uh, it's a Puerto Rico team that's loaded with a lot of major league talent. They're going up against a Netherlands team where basically nobody is from the Netherlands. It's all down in the uh, Caribbean. Profar, Bogarts, uh, Gregorius was there, Adrelton Simmons, Jonathan Scope. They got some decent hitters in that lineup. They got good infield for sure. Then they have that they have Ballantine who's who's been hitting homers in Japan for quite some time. So they got he hit some, sixty like back in 2013. He had sixty home runs in Japan. Yeah, he's so he can swing the bat a little bit. They got a team. They surprise guys. They play hard. They have a lot of pride. But you know Puerto Rico's been playing out of their mind. And again, for me, you go right. You just look at the screen, and the guy who's got all the gear on is the absolute chief of that team. He runs that team, and he runs it so efficiently. These guys, you can tell how much he means to that team and why they're winning and continue to win because he's the one back there calling the game. The game tonight, big game tomorrow night. Yep, Yadier Molina uh, from Puerto Rico. You've got uh, Pudge Rodriguez from Puerto Rico. You've got great catchers. Jorge Posado from They've got a pipeline of Molina catchers. Molina brothers. Yeah, the Molina brothers. They've got a lot of good catchers down there that come out of uh, Puerto Rico. Um, let's get back to the Indians. The president of the Indians, Chris Antonetti, joining us here on MLB on TuneIn Live. And it's always great catching up with him. Young guy, 42 years old, getting to the top of the mountain here for the Indians after Mark Shapiro left. Just a bright guy. Very, very smart, very sharp. And obviously things paid off for him last year. Had a great year. Um, really built a team, went through uh, a pretty long rebuild. They, they really did it in a very... Um, decisive kind of a cutting edge way and uh, paid a big dividend for him last year. Somebody that's very sharp, understands uh, metrics, understands sabermetrics, and also understands the human element. Good balance. Good man, good leader, good balance. And don't ask him about his fitness because he'll be very, very upset. He's, he's great, but you know what? The point of my, my point of him being in such great shape is his interaction with the players and saying, hey, I'm working out with these guys. You don't think that that pushes the players? It does. These guys, they see this guy, and all of a sudden they're walking around, they're like, this guy is outworking me. He, not only is he great with the business side and all the different things he does, what he brings to the clubhouse, I think that's pretty impressive. Five foot nine, bench pressing 500. I say that's pretty good. Yeah, working out with Navy SEALs. Uh, our conversation with the president of the Indians, Chris Antonetti. Camp here, a little bit uh, different this time of year than last year. Give me, uh, give me the vibe right now of your Cleveland Indians. It's been a really good camp. I think uh, most importantly, we were focused on what our guys' mindset might be coming in, in into this year after the, the season we had last year. And, you know, we felt it could go a couple of ways. There could be a sense of entitlement and complacency potentially, or guys could come back hungry and determined. And it was really cool to see the way our guys reported to camp with that that, that determination to, to build upon last year and try to earn another postseason this year. And that's carried forward uh, throughout camp. When you think about the Encarnacion and the signing, when you went into the offseason, was he a target or was he somebody that kind of just fell your way as uh, the pages turned? 
Well, he was a target. He just happened to be in that part of the list where we didn't think we'd really have a chance. Um, and, and really because of incredible support from ownership that we really didn't expect at the, out of, at the start of the offseason just because of the finances it would take to sign Edwin. Um, you know, we didn't focus on it a lot at the start of the offseason. We stayed in touch, but just didn't think that would be a reality for us. But a lot of things came together, and uh, we're thrilled that they did because uh, we feel like he complements our team really well. Talk about Tito Francona yeah, as a player. I, managers are, the, are very underrated, I think, in, in being able to uh, maintain a clubhouse and keep guys motivated and, and uh, get the best out of the players. Can you talk about him? Oh, I could talk forever about Tito. He's meant so much to the organization from the time we've hired him. He, he really helped shape our culture moving forward and uh, around the major league team and throughout the organization. He's such an unbelievable communicator. He cares so deeply about people and builds such extraordinary relationships that it's if you're a player playing for him, you can't help but feel uh, how much he cares about you and how much he wants you to succeed. And he spends a ton of time thinking about how do I put players in a position to be successful. And the game's really hard, and I think he appreciates that. But he never focuses on what guys can't do. He's always thinking about what they do well and how do I take advantage of that and put them in a position to succeed and help the team. Let's talk about some of the young guys in Tyler Naquin. Obviously a great start last year. Did he wear down toward the end of the year? And what are, what are some of the things you've seen out of him this spring? Well, Tyler had a great year overall. If you take, take a look at his season as a whole, it was a really productive season for a first-year player, especially a guy breaking camp with the major league team. But like anyone, you know, the, the league is going to make adjustments. And I think what we saw in the second half is that the league made some adjustments to Tyler, and, and Tyler came into the offseason with a good plan, a good approach to, uh, to continue his development and to try to succeed now based upon what the, the league did to adjust to him. And he's had a great camp so far. He's missed the last few days with uh, some, some sore knees, but uh, he should be fine here in the next couple of days. You really had a remarkable year when you think about it. You missed Brantley. Two of your starting pitchers were gone for a good part of the season. How's Brantley doing? I think he's going to play today, first time, right? Is that correct? That's right. Uh, yeah, Michael will be in major league game activity uh, today and hopefully can continue to progress from there. But he's gone through his rehab really well. He's met all the benchmarks along the way, and hopefully that continues here over the next couple of weeks because he's such an important guy for our team, and not only for what he brings on the field, but uh, his leadership in the clubhouse. So we're looking forward to having him back. A guy that gets overlooked, and, and you look at his numbers and he blows you away is Jose Ramirez. Talked about the surprise that that guy's been at, uh, for you guys as a team. Yeah, this is a guy who's a natural second baseman, and he's a gold glove caliber defender at second base. But we asked, him, we asked a lot of him last year. He played you know, third base and left field, two positions, which he really never played uh, until last year. And he did extraordinarily well there. And, and once he was at third base regularly, he, he proved that he was a really good defender over there and, and continued to put up quality at bats throughout the course of the season. And he ended up hitting in the middle of our line of him, protecting some of the guys that hit, hit, hit there. So he's had a phenomenal season, was a big, big impact on our team last year. All right, Chris Anthony, what do you do with Kipnis down for so long? I've heard about some of the options. Can you give us a little background on you know, the players that are going to have to either move around like Ramirez and, and probably take over third base now? Yeah, we have a, a few options. We've got some versatility with our infielders. Uh, Jose Ramirez, as I mentioned, can play second base and is a good defender over there. We've got a few other guys in camp, and Giovanni Urshela, who's a, 
a really good defender at third base and has had some time at the major league level. Eric Gonzalez, uh, Yandi Diaz is a guy from our minor league system who's got a phenomenal feel for the strike zone, really advanced approach at the plate, can hit, and now he's working defensively at third base to, to see if we can rely upon him there. Can you give us a little bit more background on him? Not somebody that is very well known, probably even by the Cleveland fan base. All right, it's a guy that we signed out of Cuba uh, a handful of years ago and uh, has progressed through our minor league system. In Cuba, he played mostly second base. Uh, in our system, he's played uh, mostly third and a little bit of the outfield. And a guy that, again, if you look at his minor league track record, controls the strike zone extraordinarily well, as many walks as strikeouts. Uh, our focus with him over the past couple of years is to uh, help him tap into his power because he's a big physical guy, but had, had a tendency to hit a lot of ground balls. And we work with him over the last couple of years to, uh, to hit more line drives and get some balls in the gap. And we've seen that uh, offense continue to develop to the point where he th- we think he can impact us at the major league level. Two weeks from opening day, what, uh, what's your greatest concern at this point? Not getting calls from the trainer. <laughs> that, that's my, that's the focus this time of year, as you know well. You see that number pop up on your cell phone. You're like, uh-oh, people, I don't want to talk to him. People say, how's your spring going? It depends how much I've talked to the trainer. <laughs> that's exactly it. So hopefully if we can stay healthy and, and go and break the season with the guys we have, we feel, we feel good about starting up. Analytics has become so big in this game. How do you, you know, control the fine line between making sure you – Look at the analytics, but still keep your guys' instincts as, as what you see. Well, ultimately, the game's still about people, and it's about a, a human beings going out and trying to perform. Now, analytics serve to kind of assess what players' past performance have done and give us some indication of what they might do in the future. But uh, they're part of the input and part of the information that we look at when making decisions. But there's far more to it than just looking at the numbers that might be on a piece of paper. We had a conversation about this yesterday. Offensively, it seems like the numbers translate. I'm still trying to figure out how effective the defensive metrics can be at this point. How accurate do you think they've come along, at least in your organization? Well, what's out there publicly is there's been a lot of uh, great strides made in the public domain about the defensive metrics. And I think with the uh, implementation of StatCast, those measurements will continue to improve and and we spent a lot of time internally within our organization trying to develop our own defensive uh, metrics and uh, feel they're reasonably reliable all right so the trainer you don't want to hear from him but i mean it's hit you guys hard with uh, anderson but the guys that are coming back carrasco and the elbow and then salazar how salazar looking and feeling what's the word on carrasco Danny threw great. Actually, we had an exhibition game in San Antonio uh, over the weekend, and Danny pitched really well, five strong innings. I think he struck out nine, commanded the strike zone really well, was up to 98. So he's feeling great, ready to go. Carlos Carrasco is back into games today. He had some inflammation in his elbow, and uh, we gave him a couple of days. But he'll be back today, and then hopefully we can build him up to five or six innings for the start of the season. I want to know if you've been working out this winter. I honestly no here no no I'm I'm not with you. so but you guys you guys do take as an organization I think teams are starting to really realize nutrition and and fitness and how important it is uh, to the players and I think it's funny but some people were late to the party uh, where are your guys' thoughts of how important recovery is uh, a good strength and conditioning good good food all these things that come into you know making a, a great athlete. We, what we try to do is uh, provide all of the best resources possible to help players perform. And a big part of that is not only the work that they put in, but rest, recovery, nutrition, hydration, 
sleep, all of those things are element in, in performing at your, at your peak level. So we try to do what we can to educate our guys and provide them the best resources possible. So behind the plate, I want to know how's, how's the situation looking? Because obviously, you know, last year playoffs, how it went, and uh, you guys have Jan Gomes. And so how is that going to play out uh, during the season? That's a great question. We're really fortunate that we've got two catchers that we feel really comfortable with there uh, behind the plate back there. And Jan has been an instrumental part of our team for the past handful of seasons. We feel he's got the potential to, to be a uh, very good offensive and defensive catcher and uh, think that we can put the injuries from last year behind him. But on the heels of that and Jan's injury provide an opportunity for another good young catcher in Roberto Perez who led our staff to Game 7 of the World Series. So we go into the season believing that the catching position is a position of strength with two really reliable guys back there. All right, that's a sharp cat right there. Chris Antonetti, president of the Cleveland Indians. So a lot to get to uh, w- with Chris. And again, it gets back to the World Baseball Classic. Not thrilled about that. Edwin Encarnacion just falling into their lap. Yeah, they had to pay you know millions and millions of dollars, but relative to the, to the situation was pretty good. Uh, he's just terrific. He's got this organization on the right path. This time last year, though, um, there was a lot of negative vibes. You know, the fans weren't excited. They were coming off a, a tough year, and he just he, he put the team together. I think the biggest part of this team was the top three in the rotation and the fact that it fell apart and was left with Kluber and then a great bullpen made the deal for Andrew Miller to get him over the hump, and the offense carried him the rest of the way. Yeah, they've been great. They, you look around the, the diamond, there's not many holes. And then you look what they did with Carlos Carrasco. He's a guy who stands out to me as a guy who came from the Phillies, big-time prospect, and they turned him into a bona fide ace. He, they moved him to the bullpen. He was throwing hard out of the bullpen, doing real well out of the bullpen, and they finally said, okay, you know what? Take that same mentality and use it in the starting role. He went to the starting role. He's continued to be great. Salazar, like you said a few times, I think he's got some of the best stuff in baseball. It's, he's got lights-out stuff. And then you look down the list, you know, Bauer 4 and the Tomlin, who was really, really good mm-hmm. uh, in, in postseason. So these guys got great pitching. And then you look around the, the, the diamond and then in, in that bullpen in right field, they got a pretty good team. Uh, let's uh, take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Indians' bullpen, then run down some news and notes. We'll talk uh, again about the WBC game tonight and then preview Team USA in Japan coming up tomorrow. You're listening to MLB on TuneIn Live, brought to you by Esurance, proud partner of Major League Baseball in the modern world. You can experience MLB games the way you want to, like listening anytime from anywhere right here on TuneIn. With easy online and mobile tools from Esurance, you can get car insurance the way you want it, saving money while choosing quality coverage. That's right for you. That's insurance for the modern world. See how much you could save on car insurance at insurance.com. Live from Indians Camp, Goodyear, Arizona. This is MLB on TuneIn Live. MLB on TuneIn Live is presented by eSurance, official sponsor of Major League Baseball, and we'll return to Arizona for more coverage of the Cactus League after a short break. You're listening to MLB on TuneIn, the podcast presented by eSurance, and we'll be right back with more after this. TuneIn is your home for all NFL action, now featuring no huddle. Cordell Stewart, he's just that versatile. And Brian Weber. I'm a middle-aged white guy. It's a team effort here. You're, you're a great guy. <laughs> yeah, excellent good. young man. I appreciate I, I wouldn't go. Oh, I, gave you young, I gave you young man Save for that one. Save the tape. Excellent young man, Brian This is the Weber. last time I'll say it, though. Cordell Stewart and Brian Weber will break down all things NFL. I'm not doing Don't truth. Tell- 
You I'm have to. I'm telling you See, what the outcome is going to be. that's the problem I'm having with you right Truth now. Truth is the name of because your book. Because you know Sell what's book wrong again. and you know what's right. You would prefer to go with what's wrong because the pundits are the ones that determine what happens. I'm telling you what's going to happen. No, I'm asking you. The name you. of this show is not shoulda, woulda, coulda. Let's try this one That's more our time. podcast. Let me rephrase right? this We're one more time. Let me rephrase Listen live Monday through Friday from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern or catch all the replays and interviews on demand on the NFL on TuneIn. It's like us being on our app and being able to come into your, your cell phones and it's different now. Now, back to Arizona in the Cactus League. This is the MLB on TuneIn Live Spring Training Tour, presented by eSurance. Here are your hosts, Holden Kushner, J.P. Arancibia, and Ned Coletti. Hey, on Tuesday, which is tomorrow, of course, we're going to be at the Giants camp. Looking forward to hanging out with the Giants, you know, the three-time world champions in the last uh, within the last decade. Uh, just a, a just a monster of an organization. Bobby Evans, their general manager, of course, Brian Sabian, Bruce Bochy. Uh, there are some really, really good jujus going on there. And what I mean is they have a great culture. This is kind of a good culture here. They've had a culture like this there, though, for you know, 15, 20 years. A remarkable culture, and I'm really looking forward to it. And if you get out there, we'll be there all day. Uh, our first show is 11 a.m. local time, Pacific time, so 2 to 4 Eastern and then 7 to 9 Eastern at night, just like we're doing right now, hanging out with the Giants. That should be fun. I'm excited. They uh, have that winning culture, and you look at the manager. The guy who runs the show is the guy who we were talking about earlier. He's a, he's a Hall of Fame, possible Hall of Fame manager, and, and all he does is continue to get the best out of their players, and that, and that organization just continues to get guys to produce and do well. Uh, then you also have um, uh, the Rockies with us on Wednesday. So we're going to go check out the Rockies on Wednesday. And speaking of the Rockies, Greg Holland was uh, signed by the Rockies. It's a one-year deal, $7 million guaranteed. Can go up to $10 million if he has a really good season. And then you got the incentives that could go as far as 14. He could double up on that, $14 million with a, uh, it's a conditional second-year option. So if he pitches well, he's going back there. Let's just put it that way. No doubt, and he's a guy who could be a steal. He's a guy, I mean, think about the, the how much closers are making nowadays. I mean, they're pushing 15 to $20 million for the top closers of the game, which he was at one time. So can you explain to the listeners, too, how these, the, the vesting option, how that works for, for a guy like that? Because, again, it almost looks like a one-year deal, but when you look at the teams and they uh, – they, they grab these guys who are maybe injured and not doing great, uh, you know, in their, in their process of rehab, and then you can get them at a cheaper price for that reason. I mean, there's a chance that Greg Holland does not pitch well this year. There's a chance, right? So he's getting $7 million. But if he hits a certain innings requirement, and I don't have the innings requirement. I don't see where it's been posted anywhere, but there are certain benchmarks that he's going to have to hit this year. And if he hits that, then boom, your number two is going to click in. So let's just put it this way. If Greg Holland stays healthy and has a really good year, he's going back, and they got him for two years. Yeah. It's as simple as that. That's a great thing to have. Yep. So we'll be out there on, uh, on, on Wednesday looking forward to catching up at Rockies camp. I'm actually – I think I'm looking forward to being out there more than any other team, to be honest with you, not because I like them more than any other team, but they just have a nice young five, a lot of young players that are, are hungry, up and coming, and – well, first of all, it's easier to track those guys down because they don't know any better to, to hide from the media. But the second thing is there's really good young players everywhere. LeMayhew, Arenado's not going to be there because he's in the World Baseball. Unless, well, no, he won't be there. He's in the World Baseball Classic. Charlie Blackman, John Gray, Tyler Chatwood, 
Uh, Tyler Anderson, so many good young pitchers. And the there. guy that that is known as Cargo. Oh, and he's he's gonna be back too from Venezuela. So he will. I'm really looking forward to catching up with him. But speaking of uh, bullpens, the Indians have one of the best, and a lot of it's gonna ride on Andrew Miller. Uh, a lot of it's gonna ride on Cody Allen and Travis Shaw. But we caught up with the unheralded Dan Otero. If there's a guy that actually Terry Francona trusted enough to use out of his bullpen that wasn't the big three. It was this guy in the playoffs last year. Here's how our conversation went this morning in the Indians clubhouse. I know you're supposed to put uh, last year behind you now, but it was and going in and you had a chance, Ned, to talk to these guys right after game seven. Obviously, a lot of disappointment wasn't, you know, did you feel like it was a successful season now in hindsight? Um, yeah, anytime you can look back on it, you get to appreciate it more. Um, we don't really think about it or talk about it much in the clubhouse anymore, other than when the media comes in here and asks us questions, so I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's something that, yeah, you have to appreciate. You know, you were one of the last two teams standing, and we came very close to beating a great team. And, uh, you know, that was a very historical World Series, and to be a part of that's a privilege. Talk around your career, you've shuffled around a little bit, and then now you find a home, and you just continue to continue to put numbers up everywhere you go, and and uh, and so, talk about that. Yeah, baseball is uh, at the end of the day sometimes a business, so you end up with some different teams every year, but you try to put that behind you and just try to focus on making pitches. And the more you can do that, the more success you can have. And uh, like you said, I found a nice home here, and you know it's a great organization, and I felt at home from day one of last spring training, and you know it's continued on into this spring training. Uh, talk about Terry Francona a little bit. Uh, you've been around a few different managers. What what do you find in him that makes him unusual or different or successful? <laughs> He's not different. What are you talking about? You know, no, I've had I've had the privilege of playing for some really good managers. You know, Bochy in San Francisco, Bob Melvin in Oakland, and Tito. He's obviously a future Hall of Famer, at least in my opinion. He should be a first ballot. And what he can do in terms of managing all the personalities in the clubhouse is very unique. You know, that's a tough job as a manager. He's kind of a glorified babysitter in some regards, you know, being a baseball manager. And, you know, he gets along with everybody and he's very approachable, which makes it nice in the clubhouse. You've been watching the WBC. We've been asking guys around the clubhouse. How involved have you been in watching it and, and what do you think about it? I actually haven't missed many games. I've been watching it religiously. I think it's cool. Um, I think it's very – the timing of it's kind of weird for the players that are in it. But as a fan watching it, I've been in every game. And the drama in all the games have been, has been crazy. And that U.S. game the other night was intense. You know, I think we have Santana back now, and he said it was absolutely nuts on the Dominican side. So, uh, you know, I'll be glued in tonight watching Puerto Rico, Netherlands, and I'll be glued in tomorrow night watching U.S. Japan. Yeah, it really has as it's gone on. It's kind of, Were you excited, as excited when it started, or is it something that just grabbed you now? I, w- I didn't know if I was going to watch it. And then I turned on the first game. I think it was Israel was playing. And I was, I was like, damn, this is, this is cool. And I had some friends playing for Team Israel. And then you kind of just start watching your buddies play. And they, all the games lived up to the hype. And that's, what made, that's what's made, I think, a lot of fun is there's been comebacks. There's been upsets. There's been, you know, a lot of close games. So it's been, uh, it's been a real fun experience as a fan. Going back to last season for a minute, your offseason had to be different. Probably a month less time. If you don't make the playoffs, you got an extra month. Did you train different? Do you approach things a little bit differently because you've got a shorter window? Yeah, well, shorter for a good reason. Um, but you do you push things back a little bit. Um, normally, I would start kind of working out around Halloween, and we're still playing Halloween. So, you know, I gave myself two or three weeks of just kind of doing nothing, spending time with the family, and then uh, you know start working out. And I pushed my throwing back a couple weeks here and there. And the coaches here have done such a good job at the beginning of spring training, kind of monitoring us and making sure we our arms are where we need to be. And I think um, all of us are now ready to go and amp it up these last two weeks of spring. 
Uh, Dan Otero, so the offense gets all the publicity, the top three starters get all the publicity. Quietly, you guys had a monster, monster World Series and playoffs as well. Except for, yeah, can you talk Brian, a little bit. I know, I know, except for Brian Shaw. Can you talk about the rest of your bullpen? Uh, it's fun down there. I know that. We, we have a lot of great conversations, always about baseball, never about anything else. Um, but, no, it's a good group down there. And, uh, you know, obviously when we brought Miller in at the trade deadline, that kind of changed the whole dynamic down there. And then uh, this guy rubbing my ear over here, Shaw, he's, uh, he's kind of been under the radar the last five years, throwing 70 games or so, you know, every year. And that's a, that's a unique thing to do. And for Tito to be able to have that reliable arm down there is – special and then uh, obviously Cody Allen you know what he did in the playoffs sometimes he gets overlooked but he didn't give up a run you know so you know, hopefully we can keep it going and uh, put last year behind us and move forward this year any goals for you this year you had a phenomenal year last year uh, what else do you look to improve uh, try to just improve my strengths is what I try to do every year and first and foremost stay healthy you know every spring I always come to camp I want to stay healthy and if I can stay healthy I think everything else will take care of itself so that's my number one goal and then just to kind of keep improving my strengths which is commanding the ball to the bottom of the zone if I can do that I think I can be successful I'm looking for a scouting report an old scouting report our co-host here JP okay great basketball player we hear great basketball player would you say great you went to Duke uh, so you would know I would, great I would say he was maybe below average <laughs> But in his mind, he was really good. When did I ever, <laughs> did I ever say I was a great basketball player? Theater of the mind, my friend. If, if Ned says you said it, you said it. Hey, and he's the godfather. I don't mess with Ned. How tough was that watching Duke last night? It ha- listen, you get beat by two seeds, seven seeds. Ha- you're not going to win every year. No, I, wa- I watched a, f- a little bit of the game. I was busy putting my three-year-old to bed, actually. So I missed the comeback by South Carolina. I turned the TV on back, and I was like, oh, man, they're down by eight now again. But, uh... It, was a, it wasn't a fun game to watch, you know, so hopefully next year uh, they'll have a little better season. Thank you, Dan. No problem. Thank you, guys. He had a great year last year. Phenomenal. A 1-5-3 ERA in 62 games. And he was in three World Series games as well. Like, like I said, there's not many guys that Francona trusted last year in the, in the playoffs, especially in the World Series. And he, while he didn't get in every single game, he got in three games, and that's and he was very successful when he did get in there. He's nobody seems to know about this guy, except for the Indians fans, and he's really good. Yeah, and he, in seventy innings, fifty-four hits. That means he's not striking out a lot of guys. He just is a guy who uses a sinker, hits the backside of the plate. He throws a sinker on uh, away to righties, in the righties, letting them ground out on it. He can he can flip a slider in there. He's not. It's not a a, a sexy pitcher in the mm-hmm. sense of. He's going to wow you with this stuff. That's why he said he needed to really command the bottom of the zone. But he's learned how to do it, and he's learned how to do it well. And, again, this is a guy who people may not – uh, you may say Dan Otero to a baseball fan, and they may not know no who idea. he is. But you look at his stats and what he did in the playoffs, he's going to be – I mean, he's, he's a great player. Well, his strikeout rate is, is – to walk rate is remarkable. Strikes out 21%, walks 3.7%. I mean, that's like set, that's set almost seven to one, six to one, strikeout to walk ratio. So right there, he's not hurting himself with that. Walks and and hits an innings pitch. Whip. If you're sub one, you're remarkable. Point 
what, .91? Check out his home runs last year. In 70 innings, how many he gave up? Uh, did he not give up a lot? I got his home runs per nine. It's .25 home runs per Two nine. Two homers last yeah, year he that's, gave up. That's nothing. That's, that's, that's unbelievable in yep. baseball. And he's, he's ground ball to fly ball, three to one ground ball to fly ball. So you, you can... You, you want to keep the ball in the park, that's one thing. You're not giving up home runs when, you're, when they're pounding the ball into the ground. Uh, 62% of his, his pitches went for ground balls. Think about that. Just, and he's figured out a way to do it. Uh, I, the exit velocity, I, you know what? You can have hard exit velocity if you're grounding out the third base. I'm, you can hit it as hard as you want into the ground, but it's not going to do too much good for you. No, that's, hey, that was some good analysis. You're right. Thanks, it's not gonna do. Sometimes it's going to get through, though. Sometimes, but as, as Josh Donaldson says, you get the ball in the air. We want to get the ball oh, in, in the, the air. air. And guys are not getting the ball in the air against him. And again, two home runs in that many innings tells me, I mean, in his career. Okay, let's go back. 72 games, four home runs. 41 games, he gave up seven. Then last year, 62 games, gave up two. I just want Dan O'Tara to know he got about 10 minutes of run on this show. There's probably no other show in the history of the world that has given Dan O'Tara a 10-minute run. That's why, that's why we're excellent, and right. that's why we're at the top of right. the game right now because this is something that should be spoken Do about. you have his phone number? I, I do have his phone number. You need number. to text him and tell him we gave him 10 minutes. Well, Dan O'Tara, you got 10 much, minutes. Much deserved. Oh, yeah, just say that too. Much deserved. You got 10 minutes. Yeah. Now download the TuneIn app and listen to MLB on TuneIn Live. Yeah, well, that's, we, will, we will have him download it. But, again, let's get back to Dan. Dan is great, phenomenal player, and I felt awful because I said I forgot that you were even in here. You did say that to him, and I called him Steve. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just horrible. And the guy is pretty good, so – He's really good. He really is good. And he's not going to sniff, you know, very much of the back end of his games. I no, mean, but that just shows basically how, if Miller needs some time off, maybe he gets the seventh. Or but, if, but that just shows how good this, this yeah. bullpen is. If you go, if you go, I'm bringing in Otero with a one yeah, ERA in the good. fifth or the sixth, let's say early in the game. And then I got Boone Logan, Shaw, Andrew Miller, and Allen. The back, I mean, Where's your, and you have, oh, well, let's not forget about Zach McAllister, who's throwing yep. in the mid to high 90s with a good sinker and a breaking ball. I got the uh, Indians winning the division in the low 90s, probably 93 wins. You? I'm going over 100. I feel they got over really? 100. Really? Wow. Well, the bullpen's going to have to succeed like they did last year. Uh, their offense should be just fine, and the starting pitching is to stay healthy. 100 is a ton of wins, but hey. I'm not, I don't think it's impossible. You, you know, when, guys, you add, when you add the Ed Wing, anything yeah. is possible. Edwin Encarnacion. Thanks to all our guests today. First of all, thanks to Bart Swain and the, the Indians PR staff helping us out. Terry Francona, Edwin Encarnacion, Dan Otero, Chris Antonetti, the president of the organization, and uh, Jim Rosenhouse as well. Thanks to Ned Coletti for hanging out with us. It's going to be you and me with the Giants tomorrow. Again, if you're in Scottsdale, come on by. Can't wait. Love you, a big ten. Shoulder and JC. Yep. JP here at Sevilla. Uh, JT, Jeremiah Tittle for getting us through this show today. And, of course, Abe Gordon, the unsuck here. He is the Dan Otero of this show. All the dude that comes in, he's basically on his deathbed. Every day he's got a fever and a cold, and he shows up, and he does work. So I'm very thankful to Dan Otero of MLB on TuneIn Live. Presented by eSurance. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember, if you're listening on a podcast, download our app and listen right at TuneIn. See you tomorrow. 
You've been listening to the MLB on TuneIn Live Spring Training Tour, presented by eSurance. Major League Baseball is on TuneIn. Thank you for listening to MLB on TuneIn, the podcast presented by eSurance, official sponsor of Major League Baseball. eSurance, insurance for the modern world. Catch us every weeknight on TuneIn, where we take you around Major League Baseball with live listenings, analysis, player interviews, and much more. Plus, be sure to check out our other great content on TuneIn, featuring the very best in sports, music, news, and talk. On TuneIn, get caught up in the moment with more than 100,000 music stations and 5 million podcasts from around the world. Exclusive sports content, including live MLB, NFL, NBA, and NHL games, and 24-7 news coverage from CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News Radio. TuneIn, your everything audio app.